0: I'd to start by sharing a story with us last week I read a story, uh, the news about a woman in a Here, hair she grew up with an abusive parent and because of that she had a lot of problem from her teenage, she struggled, she ended up being a nurse and after becoming a nurse she has struggled as well in a marriage, she lost her marriage and she lost her home the stress she went through led her to drugs and from drugs she lost everything, even her career. She became homeless. And when she became homeless, she was living in downtown admitting you no know, ni shelter. And one day, she was stressed, so stressed about her condition. She lay down on the chair and she was thinking about us alive. And as she was thinking she had a snap somebody talked to her and said to her this is life this is life love it and live it that was what happened to her this is life love it and live it apparently that individual was telling her That this is the reality of her life now she should accept that reality and live and love being homeless and she said that that statement gave her a snap and she responded no this is not my life this is not my reality I am determined to change who I am. She could have accepted that statement, that yes, this is the reality of who she was, but she rejected that statement. Said, "This is not who I am. I am better than this." And with that determination, she stood up on that place, sought help. She ended up with a group that trained her how to drive truck. You know the truck they use in the oil sand industry in, in, in North Alabama? The biggest trucks in the world. They are there. And she started a new life as a truck driver, and a living for herself. All because she refused to accept the stereotype. Of people around her who have conditioned their mind to say this is the reality of life she needs to love it and live it sometimes brethren the things we hear can influence what we do many people have heard negative things about themselves and they have accepted that that is who they have people have told you that you cannot do it For one reason or the other. And you have said yes. Because they have said you cannot do it. I cannot do it as well. If you remember the story of David. When David got to the battlefront. They told him. Not one person. Not two persons. Even the king told him. That he could not fight Goliath. But he said no. This man came to me with sword. I am coming to him. In the name of the Lord. So he didn't accept the stereotype the people that were in the battlefront had about themselves and Goliath. He confronted Goliath and left that place, not an ordinary shepherd boy, but a king stepping to the throne. So I don't know what the voices you are hearing. I don't know the issues that are around you. And people have told you that well, this is the way it is. You need to accept it that way every word that is contrary to the will of God in your life, I reject in the name of Jesus Christ. Because I've seen many people, brethren, that have been conditioned to do what they have because of what people told them they cannot do. But I know with God, all things are what? Are possible. So don't let anybody stereotype you and condition your mind to say something is not possible or you are it's beyond you. If it is not beyond God, it is not beyond you. Praise the Lord. That is what I want us to take home. One thing I want us to take home today. Don't let anybody stereotype you. Don't let anybody tell you that you cannot do anything. Because situations around you may define things differently than what god is saying to you but doesn't mean that god cannot see it through i don't know what you are going to do today that seems challenging for you god will see you through it in jesus mighty name praise the lord that's just the start of it last week we started talking about uh the theme of the month god the rewarder god the rewarder and because of the play we had I had a very short message that day, just to introduce us to the theme of the month. But today, I want to just go a little bit deeper in looking at God the rewarder, God the rewarder. That's one thing I want us to be able to clarify as we go ahead is to explain the meaning or the difference between a gift and a reward. Because sometimes I realize that many of us sometimes confuse gift with rewards. It's very important for us to have that clarification because many are, are taking what they receive as gift, as reward, and in that they will not be able to appreciate His very well. So a gift is something that you are given or you are presented to, not because you work for it, not because you work for it, not because you have done something that you no know, resulted in that person say, okay, I need to give you this because of what you have done. No, a gift is a, a, a what is given to you to appreciate you for one reason or the other. That person is giving you a gift to appreciate you for whatever uh, reason the person may have. And the value or the quality of that gift, you know, is an expression of how deep that, you know, your 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 relationship with that person is. How deep? So it gives a the factor, a factor is how deep the relationship you have with that individual, and it's also a factor of the pocket of that individual. Hello? How rich that individual is. Uh, There are things I may want to give to somebody, but I cannot afford to give it to that person because I don't have the means to do that. You know, there are things I may want to give to my wife. Yes, I appreciate her. I want to express my love for her. But I may not have the means at this time to be able to do that. Praise the Lord. Not because she does not deserve it, but because I don't have the means to do it. And also, as well, a gift is also a factor of what the individual thinks you can do with a gift. I cannot give my kid, my children, my five-year-old girl, a gift of maybe a gold chain. And it's very expensive. She may not appreciate it the way my wife will appreciate it. Am I talking to somebody here? The value of that gift is the same thing. But the person receiving it will not appreciate it the way she ought to because she doesn't appreciate the value. So when I'm giving someone the gifts, I look at that individual and say, does that person understand what gifts, what this gift means to him or her? The Lord. So it's a value, it's a factor of the appreciation you have for somebody, or something as well. So I cannot give anybody a gift without really trying to look at that person and say, "Would this person appreciate it?" Because sometimes, even if you give somebody a gift, you know, before you know it, the person just, you know, ignore it or does not appreciate it because it doesn't understand the value, as well, you know. And God has given us a gift. God gave me and you a gift. In John 3, the Bible says that God did what? So loved the world. That He gave what? His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him may what? May have life. And have it all. Sorry. Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is what Gifts of God but I may, let me ask you is it everybody that has access to these gifts appreciate it no it is not everybody that has access to this gift I appreciate it but it's a gift of God for us it doesn't take it away as a gift because many people don't appreciate the value of the gift And there are so many gifts God has given to you and me. Even that you can see with your two eyes, the grace of God. Many have eyes, they cannot see with it. Many have legs, they cannot walk with it. I told you a story one time ago. I went to the mall. And as I entered the mall to buy. What I I want to buy. You know, I think I was going to buy a suit. And surprisingly, that is, God showed me something else. I went home, not going to buy anything again. As I entered, there was a store I saw. And what did they sell in that store? Wheelchairs. Wheelchairs. For those that could not walk. And the Holy Spirit told me, do you know that as you are going to buy a brand, a brand of suits, there are a lot of people that, as you are seeing these wheelchairs, they know the different brands of those wheelchairs. They know which one is the good quality, which one is the bad quality. You don't have that trouble to know because you don't need it. But there are a lot of people. That they're not just going to that store to buy a They're looking for a specific brand, make based on their experiences with that wheelchair. Do you appreciate the value of the leg you have? That you can walk on it. Praise the Lord. And that struck me. I could not even buy anything that day again. I went home. Thinking about, in many ways, we have not appreciated God enough for what he has done for us. You take it for granted that you can breathe the hair that you are breathing now. Some cannot breathe this hair you are breathing. They have to purify it before it goes to their system. Maybe you could just take 30 seconds, just stand up for your life. Appreciate appreciate him for his goodness, for his mercy, for his love, for all he's doing for you, that you do not even have, you know, think twice about it, that this is the goodness of God in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to thank you for your faithfulness in my life. I give you praise and honor the Raja. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus mighty name we pray. But reward is different from a gift. Reward is something that you get based on an accomplishment. You don't expect a reward for doing nothing. So when we're talking about reward we are talking about something you receive based on on an accomplishment, based on an achievement. Praise the Lord. And in this context, I want us to note as well that reward can either be positive or negative. we get it. But reward is tied to something. It's tied to something you have done. And because of what you have done, Somebody's rewarding you, giving you something. It's not a gift. It's tied to an accomplishment. Many people want reward. Many people desire reward. But it's not everybody that wants to work for the reward. Are you getting me? Many people want to be rewarded. But many are not willing to give what it takes to get a reward. Many people appreciate it or you know, desire to have a reward when they see other people being rewarded. But the effort that individual puts in, they may not be ready to give it in as well. So reward is not something that is given freely. It's something that you work for. And every man desires to be rewarded for one another. Whether you are a Christian or you are an Hindi or you are a Buddhist, or you are a Muslim, no matter what you are, your belief is, everybody desires a reward. But we are saying here today, that God that we serve is what a rewarder. And I put that way a rewarder, because the reward you get depends on what you do. God is a rewarder. Praise the Lord. You should also understand that God was not just reward. The Bible says that he is the rewarder of those that was diligently seeking. Diligently seeking. Praise the Lord. In Revelation 6, 7-8, Revelation 6, 7-8, the scripture says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reads what he sows." The one who sows to please his sinful nature, for the nature will reap what? Destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, for the Spirit will reap eternal life. Praise the Lord. And as a person of faith, we, we believe that, you know, there's a time for reward for each and every one of us. There's a time that we are all accountable to God. There's a time that we, are, we all come before God and say, come, this is what I have done. And what will that testimony be on that day? I want us to read the book of Matthew 25. Matthew 25, 14-30. Because from here you see a, the story of some people that things were committed to their hands. They were given gifts, just like me and you were given gifts. Gifts of life. Gift of salvation. Because no man, no man works for salvation. Salvation is a gift of God. By the grace of God. But what we do with that gift, God has given to us, determines the reward we are going to get from Him ultimately. Matthew 25, from verse 14 to 30. I'm reading from the message translation. Please, if you can help me. Put it on the message translation as I read the scripture. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. It says, It is also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together, he called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one he gave five thousand dollars, to another two thousand, to a third one thousand, depending on their abilities. No doubt. Depending on their abilities. Then he left right off. The servant went to work and doubled. The first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully borrowed his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given five thousand dollars showed him how he had doubled his investments. His master commended him, "Good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner." The servant with two thousand showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commanded him, "Good work, you did your job well. From now on." be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and have and hate careless ways that you de- demand the best and make no allowance for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secure your money. Here yeah, it is. safe and sound." down to the last cent. The master was furious, that's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did, you less, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the money some with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Say the thousand and give it to the one who risks the most. And get rid of this plate, save who won't go out a lame. Throw him out into the what? Utter darkness. Each and every one of them were given a gift. All of them were given something to walk with. None of them was, was left empty. But I want us to take note of something in that scripture. The Bible said he gave each one of them according to what their abilities. He didn't just give it to anyhow, he gave it according to what their abilities. That means that he knew each and every one of them from beginning. Thank you. He knew each and every one of them from the beginning. What you receive. Is a factor of what God knows about you. What you get is a factor of what God knows about you. One thing I know about God is that God is not a waster. He's not a waster of resources. Let me tell somebody, God is not a waster. He is not a waster of resources. And from Genesis 1, Genesis 1 or Genesis 2, you know, that came to my understanding. If you recall when the Lord was creating the whole world the Bible said that there was no rain there was no rain that there was no rain on earth at that time you know and because of that and the reason being that there was no man to till the ground because there was no man yet to till the ground because if the rain falls and there's no man to till the ground there's going to be a waste so God made uh the heart to be cooled from you no, know, there's some more moist on the ground, moist on the ground, at least to keep the seed alive, not to die. But there was no rain. Until man came, there was no rain. And in the same way, God is not a waste of resources. If you look at this scripture, I ask myself, why didn't it be that the one that did not you know invest is the one that has Five. No, God did not make me speak. It is the one that has least abilities that could not invest it. And that tells me something about me. If I'm respecting much from God, I have to demonstrate that I have the capacity to do what? To use what God has given to me. He gave each and every of them according to their several abilities. and he give them what to do with it. Just like God is looking at you and me. Say, what can I commit to this? Because when you are given something, and you don't use it, you don't appreciate it, you mismanage it. When you have abilities that you are not using, you mismanage it. When God gives you power, you are not using it, you mismanage it. You, mismanage it. you don't appreciate it. God gives something power he had the abilities but he mismanaged it he mismanaged it the story of something in the scripture maybe just two chapters it could have been more than that but he, he consumed it on his lust. praise the lord so the measure of what you get depends on your ability and when you get when you when you are, when you are able to demonstrate to the law that you can use it well, you can give you more. That is what that was what happened to those other two people. Say so yes, you are a faithful servant. Be my partner. That was the reward. Be my partner. But this other one that could not do anything with what he had, say be cast away. That will not be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Because the reward comes in both ways. I want us to be conscious of that. God, the rewarder. The reward comes in both ways. You cannot go and sit for an exam without preparing for it and explain magic. No. You have to work for it. Desire it. Do everything possible to succeed in it. God is a rewarder of those that deliver him. And like I can also learn from this scripture. There's no excuse for failure with God. There's no excuse for failure. There's nothing that says hey, this is the reason why I cannot do this. No, 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 no. There's no excuse for failure. The man tried to justify why he did not invest money. You are a very careful person. I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to let, to let you down. He played it safe. So no. That's not the respect of God. Do something with what God has bestowed on you. The gifts of God on your, upon your life may be the ability to speak. You are eloquent in speaking. When you speak, you draw attention to yourself. What are you doing with that to work for God? Your gift may be your, your voice. When you sing, people, you know, want to listen. Praise the Lord. What are you doing with that gifting upon your life? Your gift may be your ability to teach. You are careful in teaching. What are you do with it? You will be good with children. <coughs> you may be good with children. When you are around children, you are comfortable with children. It's a gift. It is not everybody that are good with children, am I right? Some, if you put them in the midst of children for 30 seconds, 30 minutes, they, 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 go, they go mad. They can't just stand children. No, they don't love children, but they cannot just cope with them. But if you put somebody in the midst of children for five hours, you will not know that she was or she's there because she's comfortable with it. That's a gift. Not many people have, have it. What are you doing with it? Use it for God. Praise the Lord. Some of us are very good socially. When you arrive at a place, you can easily connect with people. It's a gift that men don't have. You are in a place, within one, one minute, they know you are there and you socialize with them. It's a gift that you can use for evangelism. What are you doing with it? Some, they can be in a place for 30 days. Nobody will know they are there. They won't know they are there because they cannot express themselves. It is not because they don't want to share, but because it is not in their nature to be like that. Praise the Lord. So you have a gift God has given to you. And if you discover it, do something with it. And that's a reward for you. Praise the Lord. And that takes me into the scripture we read last week about that man, the young, rich ruler. In the book of Matthew 19, 1622. Matthew 19, 1622. I'll read it from here. From the King James Version. For the benefit of those who may not be here last week, I just need to read the scripture again for us. He says, And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? What good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you will enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you will be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Praise the Lord. There's an abundance of lessons for us to learn from this scripture. Many things we can learn from this scripture. Number one, this man was not walking out of knowledge. He had a knowledge that there's a reward waiting in heaven. He understood that. If you look at it as a Christian setting today, many of us are in church and we are conscious of heaven. We are conscious that there is a place we are going to. We are conscious that we are there an accountability time for me and you. We are we are going to be account for what we did here on earth. This man was conscious of it. He knew that sometime is coming when God we take account of what he has done. And he was asking the Lord, "What can I do to make heaven?" So he was not only conscious of it. He wanted to be there. He wanted to make heaven. He had the desire to be in heaven. He wanted that reward of heaven. He wanted it. He was very clear with it. And he has had messages. He has had messages of what he needed to do. So he knew the commandments. God was the response of the Lord to him. He knew the commandments. He knew it to the extent that the Bible says, obey your father, obey your mother, don't commit adultery, you shall not steal. He knew all those things. And when the Lord responded, these are the things you need to do, he said, what else? He said, which one of them? Because to him, he has reached a level where he thinks that what else can I do? I'm on the past mark already. So he has been exposed to a level of sermon which he could take, which he could accept, which does not take away things that are very close to him, things that he may not be able to eat. Those sermons have been conducive for him. He has listened to the Pharisees and Sadducees preaching in the the synagogue. He knew the commandments. So he was confident in going to the Lord that, yes, I know you are the master. What else do you have to teach that I don't know before? That was his impression when he was going. But when the Lord answered him and said, yes, indeed, you know the commandments, you are following the commandment. Because he said, I've been doing this from when? From my youth. He now asked him for that. Okay, go sell your possessions. And do what? Follow me. At that time, the young man got to a level where he says, there's a limit. Hello? There's what? A limit. There's a limit to which I can Make this heaven. If that is what is required, I cannot. At that time, he dropped the line. Draw the line. Sorry. And let me tell you something, brethren. Today, in in the many in the life of many people, they have drawn the line on how their relationship with God will stand. There are things that they may be aware of, that their continuity, are doing this in a continuous way will not lead them to heaven. But they have decided that they have to keep doing this. Just like this young man. They are not willing to give away anything when it comes to that issue. They are not ready to give away. They could see from the scripture that it's written there. But they want to have a way to explain it away. Hello? It is written there clearly. This is the the word of God. But they will have their own interpretation to do what? To suit them, to condition them, to make them feel good. Because they're not ready to give it away. And it is not about that. Maybe the word is not very clear. Maybe they need. need. No, it is written clearly. Thou shalt not do this. It is not expected of you to do this. Clearly. If you don't like it, you go and look for another translation. Let's look at it in another translation. How is it written? Have you seen that before? Let's do another translation. They will go say, no. Bring another translation. And let me tell you this we have to be very careful. There are some translations of the Bible these days that have been written to suit some people's desire. Do you know that? They are translation of the Bible. They are purposely written to accommodate what should not be accommodated. I'll give you an example. There is a translation now that they have removed gender from it. They have removed gender from it. Because they want to be able to appease those people that think that they can be anything. What is it? Another. (laughs) You know, they can be anything. They are still asking questions. LGBTQ. Asking questions. We have to be careful. Do you have a no go area when it comes to relationship with God? Do you have things that say, well, I can't go beyond this? We have to be careful. To some, it could even be things personal to you as your marriage. Marriage. You know what the scripture says concerning in the history of marriage? How, how important this is to God, and there are things that God says should not happen in marriage, or what marriage looks like. But because of that, your marital relationship—don't ah, go there, Pastor. Don't go there. Let it be. No, we can. I can manage that one. But the Word of God is very clear about it. We are different. Those things are different from individuals. But as it was with this young man his possession was his no-go area the possession he had was his no-go area what is your own no-go area what is the thing that you cannot release to god that you are holding on to tightly that you think that without this thing you know you cannot survive and you want to be able to Hold on to it for all no at all cost. Remember, we said he is the rewarder of those that was diligently seeking. It may take something from you, but there's nothing you lose on heart that you not gain much more in heaven. There's nothing. I would say, what shall you profit the man to do what? To gain the whole world and do what? And lose his soul. What can you trade for your salvation? What can you trade for your salvation? It's a rewarder. It rewards us. But are you putting a barrier in your relationship with him? Are you getting to a stage where you think that, oh, uh, Pastor is always talking about holiness, holiness, holiness. Is holiness the only thing in God? Why don't we talk about things that uh, our people are talking about these days? Prosperity. You see, it's it's part of this. God wants to prosper. But when it comes to the issues that, you know, God has to do with religion, because if you look at this scripture very well, brethren, every other thing the Lord mentioned from the beginning, look at it. You see, man asked, which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. That is a relationship between man and man. Okay? You shall not commit adultery. It's man-to-man relationship. No, you shall not steal. It still has to do with your relationship with your, your uh, uh, people around you. You shall not bear false witness. Relationship with people. Honor no, your father and mother. You shall love your neighbours as yourself. All has to do with relationship between man and man. People around you. So, that, that you can say the man is a very good man when it comes to those issues you know, morally strong morally strong but it's not only moral that leads you to heaven but when the Lord turned the table around and said, okay what I need you to do is now to tighten your relationship with me not about people again sell all that you have, give it to the poor and follow me partner with me, I want you to follow me now that is a relationship between himself and who God, that He cannot invest on. That He cannot do. And that is the challenge many of us have today. We are very good morally. But when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to our commitment and relationship with Him, probably because we feel you cannot see Him, we, are, we draw back. We draw back. We draw back. We are not as effective as we should be because our relationship with God is mad. It's not at the level as it should be. Give everything and follow me. What he told him can be likened to what he told Peter. When Peter had an encounter with him and had a great cash, The Lord told him, you know, follow me. I will really go to the of what? pictures of men. And he left everything. He left everything and followed him. He committed himself to him. And Peter became relevant even today. What he told him was like what Elijah told Elisha. When Elisha was in the field, with his animals. The way it was described. Elisha was not a, a, a poor person. He was very busy. In the field. But I dropped the mantle on him. To follow him. And he said wait. Let me just go and tell my parents. I'm doing what? I'm following you. He left everything. I'm following him. If you want the best of God. If you want the best of him. Then you need to give the best of yourself. Hello? You want to give the best of yourself. Not just anyhow. The very best of yourself, you need to give. Many of us want reward, particularly the word of heaven. But we are not ready to do the work of heaven. We are not ready to give ourselves to Him fully. We are still holding back. What is holding you back? In what area have you not yielded yourself? That is what I want to challenge us with this morning. Yes, the reward is there. But you need to work for the reward. Because on that day, it will not just be given, you will not be given reward. You will be assessed. You will be assessed. And you what to guess it's based on your assessment. In 2 Corinthians 5:10. 2 Corinthians five ten. I'm reading from the NIV version. Second Corinthians five ten, and I will read from the message as well. So, for we must all appear. For we must all appear. It's not that maybe, probably. It's no. It is we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There's no two about it. That each one may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether what good or bad. That's say the what? Whether good or bad. And Mrs. 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 put it this way: sooner or later, will we will all have to face God. Will we will all have to face God, regardless of our conditions, regardless of our conditions. We we appear before Christ and take what's coming to us as a result of our actions, Either good or bad. We take what is coming to us as a result of our actions, as a result of what you have done. There is a reward for everything you have done, whether good or bad. It is just not less for you to decide now. Because no one knows the hour, no one knows the time that is coming again. No one knows the hour. Remember the story of the ten virgins. They were all expectant. They all thought they were ready. But when the bridegroom came, five realized they were not ready. Will you be ready when the Lord shall come? are we be ready are we be ready are we be ready when the lord shall come are we be ready are we be ready are we be ready when the lord shall come he's coming you know, that you used to say to us there are two ways the lord comes to Talk to people, somebody. Is that that you go to meet him or the day of judgment? When it comes, an appearance. Some people are not ready for it. But that time is coming. Are you doing everything to make sure that you are ready for his coming? Are you doing everything to make sure that when he comes, we find you worthy to be called his own? Is God proud of us today? Is God proud of what you are doing? Are you faithful in the assignment he has given you to do? In what area are you lacking behind? What are you holding back that you are not ready to give unto him? Check yourself. We all know ourselves. We all know the areas that we think that we have not released ourselves as we should. God, of, God will give you the grace to take the right step and do the right thing. Let's bow down.